2: Hello, Pats Nation, and we welcome you to the latest and always greatest edition of Six Rings and Football Things, brought to you by our friends at Weei Odyssey and 2400 Sports. We would like to also welcome you today to the greatest football weekend every year, the greatest football weekend on earth, my personal favorite divisional round weekend. It's the best because Champ Sunday is arguably the greatest day of football. But you get two Champ Sundays back to back. Saturday we got four thirty and eight. Sunday we've got three and six thirty. And here to help us preview those, plus talk Patriots offensive coordinator options, diva receivers, and so much more. Our friend, a regular on the show, probably looking to see if he could squeeze on the payroll. Spoiler alert: I got to pay us first. The one and <laughs> only Mike Giardi from the NFL Network. Good morning, Michael. How are you, kid?
3: Uh, good morning, gentlemen. How are you?
2: Oh. Top of the world, top of the world. Let's just start real quick with something uh, that got dropped on us right before we rolled. Uh, Spieltag, the Pats are going to Alemannia next year, Patriots in Germany. How about that, huh?
3: Guess that means that I probably should get my passport uh, <laughs> renewed because <Yes>. currently, <laughs> currently it is expired. <laughs> expired. Yeah. Yeah, <laughs>
2: expired, mine too, and my wife has been on my ass about getting it renewed for months. So we could take a family trip to France to visit some relatives. Meanwhile, I'm thinking like, Oh no, no, no. I, I got to go over there. And I gotta tell you the Patriots. Andy probably knows this from the years with Patriots unfiltered and.com, but the Patriots German fan club is probably the closest thing we have to the bills mafia. Like they're <laughs> untethered. They are wired for success. They're a blast Mike. So I, I bet instead of you traveling to Buffalo, like you have been every week for the last several months, uh, get ready because uh deutschland is gonna have a party ready for you
3: and the bills are in in London too so I, I don't know could conceivably be a uh, a double shot for me of uh, games overseas oh well, a big
0: shot over here huh yeah wow I like that they're sending um like the chiefs are going over there the bills are go like you're gonna get to see if you're a european football fan not football fan you're going to mm-hmm. get to see some of the uh, best quarterbacks on the planet so i think that's cool and uh, so you're a bit of a, a curmudgeon would you rather go to germany or buffalo
3: buffalo
2: really you yeah. the, the, said, nice said, said one person ever
0: <laughs> like what why yeah it's a it's an hour flight dude i knew see i knew with you it would be about like ease and comfort and all no, like, absolutely have you been to germany in your life
3: uh for one night it was a Pl- playing sounds like a porn.
0: The already one night in Germany.
3: Well, supposed to be coming home from Italy and uh, in missed the Gulag. The flight and got stuck in Frankfurt for a night. So you haven't been to Germany.
0: Okay, so going to be a bucket list trip for you if you go. Should we talk to your bosses to see if you're even going? I don't want I, you to I, get it all. Worked I
2: have out. a good feeling. I have, I have a pretty good feeling you'll be going. I don't imagine that WEI will be sending either of us. No six I'll...
0: rings in Germany.
2: What is six? What
0: hey? Can you? I, asked, every... I asked Mike Thomas. He actually said nine.
2: <laughs> <laughs> yeah, no, that's not gonna happen. Um, I'm gonna start trying to see if the Patriots will make that like next year's big road trip because I think it would be a blast. Um, and I bet they play Kansas City since I bet that'll end up being the game.
0: Well, no, 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 no. Kansas City separate. Separate, separate games. Yeah.
2: Kansas oh, Kansas
0: City is playing there. Oh. New England is playing there, but they are not playing together there. The Patriots will play New England in Foxborough.
3: I mean, the
2: mm-hmm. in nailed it. No, that's fine. We'll just it's save it. that. <laughs> just clip it and play it later. Oh, yeah, sure. Great. Like you.
3: have the Pats will play the Patriots <laughs> and New England.
0: Oh boy. If I ever learned Fox to teleport, you're both getting an ass whooping on the oh, nice. F- oh, please.
3: F-O-X-B-R-O, or is that do you put the UGH at the end of it? U
0: G H the proper way. There's only one O R O, and that's Foxborough Stadium.
2: Yeah, why do they do that? By yeah. Okay. A- 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 yeah, at least now, at least now we know in advance which version of Andy Hart we get to on today's show. So that's, that's good to know. Right, yeah. I always I'm a big rules of engagement guy, number one. And number two, why? Why isn't it just always F-O-X-B-R-O-O-U-G-H? Like, that's the way the town spells it. Why do we get lazy and cut off the U-G-H?
0: But there are some places that in town use the O-R-O. And, I mean, look no further than Attleboro. Attleboro and North Attleboro are not spelled the same. Even though one is just North added to the other word, they're spelled differently. Freaking massive. Stupid. We're from New England. Yeah. We got to do Puritans. They ruined everything.
2: We got to do everything different. And speaking of doing everything different, here's a big market segue. Mike, how about these options at coordinator? It seems like the Patriots are actually going to name one this year. Or, thus, we were told last week in what Hart and I dubbed maybe one of the more, if not, uh, I know you can't be most unique, but dare I say it was a unique week in Faro. You're all. Uh, with Andy even saying that between Robert Kraft's email on Monday to the season ticket holders and Tuesday night's press release at seven o'clock announcing Gerard Mayo and the search for a coordinator, Bill Belichick was a tad emasculated by Robert Kraft's words
0: that I took back.
2: Yeah, I, I advise you take it back. <laughs> I took back <laughs> we Yeah, yeah. I, was <laughs> like I was a little strong. I, uh, I got you. I got you to work emasculated, which is good. Like, so we'll go on that.
0: Gray Rugemer used to talk about biting the balls off goats, and that made me rethink. I didn't want to go the castration route. So emasculated. Was Bill Belichick emasculated last week? Yeah, a little bit. Ooh, yeah, a little long, bit. Long Belichickian pause on the afternoon well, show well, on WEI
3: there. Be- because I, I still don't think that they would have necessarily done it if he had thrown a fit about the press release. But... I mean, I think we all know. Ideally, that's not something Bill wants to do. So yeah, I mean, I guess there was some, probably some. Look, we think this is the right thing to do. We don't have to do anything. No, we think this is the way we should do it. It's been you know a rough couple of years. Blah blah blah. Back and forth. But I think eventually he was like, fine, just go do it.
0: So I overanalyze everything. You know that it's why we do podcasts and it gives us plenty of content. Um, the first sentence said. In that release, two-sentence release, I believe, 39 words telling us about Mayo Extension talks and interviewing coordinators, which they didn't even have a coordinator, but we don't need to get into the details. Um, The first few words were, I believe, going from memory here, the New England Patriots and Bill Belichick. Mm -hmm. Did you find that interesting that um, there was a differentiation? Because I just assumed if you say the New England Patriots are doing something, Bill Belichick's part of that. Why do I have to say and Bill Belichick?
3: Yeah, so that gives you the the full on yes, he he's okay with it. He's okay with us saying it by by putting Or it they in. made
0: him pretend he's okay with it. Well, the that's,
2: latter.
3: That's yes, that's always a real possibility for something like this. As we know, Bill does not like to be um transparent with anything, basically. So yeah, that's that's fair. Um, you know, it's kind of funny. It's like Tom Brady going up to the podium wearing the TB12 hat instead of the Patriots hat. Remember, there was a there was a long period in time. It was always the Patriots gear, and then all of a sudden, at some point, it shifted. Maybe Bill should be going up there with Bill Belichick gear. Yeah.
2: Or, or the it's Bill it's Belichick no longer, Foundation. Yeah. Yeah.
3: Exactly. He's exactly. No longer fully invested
0: in this team, and the team's not fully invested in him like it once was, to use his oh, word in 2020.
1: Bill right? Belichick is going fully
2: invested in – No, he's still fully invested in this team. I think this was a – Quid pro quo, like you're going to have to bite the bullet on this one, Bill, because we can't, we cut you enough slack last year to put Patricia and Judge in charge of the offense. Spoiler alert, it didn't work. We're going to now reverse engineer your offensive reverse engineering and start actually paying some fan service, which we all know Robert Kraft cares about. And he should, because tickets were selling for $40 on the secondhand market. There were empty seats on Christmas Eve mm-hmm. and the grumbling in the lot, Mike, you probably heard it from. At the to the network back to the stadium up to Buffalo and beyond, season ticket holders were pissed last year.
3: Yeah, I mean, and you bring up a good point, and it's a point that I've talked about quite a bit here over the last few weeks about the the, the empty seats and Christmas Eve day against the Bengals and Joe Burrow. If the fans were fully invested in that team, that place is banged out. You can, look, we've been there. We've had they've been they played on Thanksgiving. They've had these games like that on Christmas Eve. Um, people go, people have had to travel. They played Buffalo the day after Christmas. Uh, People have traveled. They've come, they went to Buffalo when the Patriots are home against Buffalo the day after Christmas. It was banged out because you wanted to see your team because you believed in your team. There were empty seats late in the year, I think because people realized, like, it's first of all, watching this offense, not very fun. Like, I, I don't know if I want to see that. And it's cold. Like you start to get into those things where you're the spoiled fan base, that uh, it's probably just better to watch it from my couch and then if I don't like it I can turn the channel or I can go to the fridge I can whatever walk the dog I don't I don't have to sit through three plus hours of watching this offense do what it did for a large part of the year so let's
0: get into the uh the topic of the week is the interviews and Mm -hmm. I want to start with a simple question that I don't have the answer to which is why I'm asking it I'm not sure you have the answer to it but When it says the New England Patriots are interviewing these people, Adrian Clem or uh, Nick Cayley, we can get into the candidates later. What what does the interview look like? Who's doing the interviewing? Is Robert Kraft there? Is Jonathan Kraft there? Is it just Bill? Is it Bill and Matt? Like, do you have any insight as to what these actual interviews might look like?
3: Sure. Sure. Ask me a question. I don't have an answer to, Andy. Thanks a lot. I appreciate it. I
2: I have no idea. Nobody puts you in a position to succeed better than Andy Hart. He's <laughs> he's the ma- Matt Patricia. Like,
0: and I agreed to do this, Andy. Hey, Charlie Casserly, we don't go over <laughs> anything we didn't do in a production oh, meeting. Jesus yeah.
2: Christ, nobody's wrong more than Andy Hart or Charlie Casserly.
0: Okay, I, so you don't know who's in there. What yeah. would you um, make an educated,
3: speculative guess? I would say it is Matt Excuse and me. Bill. Did you say Matt? I did say Matt.
0: Grow or Patricia? See?
3: I think it's Patricia. I'm I, sure, you know what? And I'm sure. I'm I sure. You
0: for a second there with the grow
3: part. <laughs> no, no. And, I, and I'm sure that there is a point in time in which Matt Grow is in there as well. And I'm sure there's a point in time where the candidate is face to face with Robert and Jonathan, one or both. I don't, don't know. you feel if like that or, could
0: be an um that, I don't, don't know impromptu. if that's all in the same room
3: yeah. at the same time.
0: I, I think Robert's the kind that would like to. Oh, Bill says, Hey, uh, Adrian, why don't you go to the bathroom if you need to? And then, oh, Robert happens to grab him in the hallway, like coincidentally, like ambushes him and just see how he reacts to seeing. Like, I feel like Robert could ambush or Jonathan could ambush.
3: Oh, him. I could totally see a scenario in which they're in the room and then Robert just knocks on the door and walks in. Oh, yep. oh, I didn't know. Uh, yeah. Oh, oh yeah. <laughs> <laughs> oh, my God. And then all of a sudden he's asking about how he feels about, you know, uh, wide zone. Yep. <laughs> right. So,
2: and, and, and... The idea that the interviews, Mike, have to likely begin with, I think this is sort of uh, obvious, but at the same time, why not play captain obvious for an odd offseason following one of the most odd years I think any of us can remember. Wouldn't the interview begin with not a what's your general philosophy or how do you see bringing uh, your play calling uh, ideas to our team? Won't it just begin with, so what do you do with Mac?
3: Yeah, I think that's absolutely the question. Uh, assuming that they're still committed to Mac, right? Well, how do you how do you how do you fix our quarterback? How do you get this guy to be more like the the kid we saw as a rookie versus what we saw last year? Which, you know, I, I think later in the year he played much better, um, and he's not going to get credit for that because we're going to remember all the stuff, that, even some of the stuff that happened late in the year, the Vegas collapse, things of that nature. Um, but I think a Tell me if you think he's good. B, how do we how do we get him back to where he needs to be? Or how do we get him back on track to being the quarterback that we thought a year ago at this time? We thought he's probably your quarterback for the next eight to 10 years at at bare minimum now. And we didn't think like, oh, superstar. But we thought like you got someone you can win with. And now I think, you know, for a lot of reasons, people have questions about whether or not he's that guy.
2: And and there haven't there been and just if I may follow up, haven't there been a lot of people in the building like there's a a majority, it seems, or there's a coalition of executives and player personnel guys that are for Mac? And that does that mean that there are still some in the building doubting like Rich Keefe last night said on the radio, like, what if Nick Cayley sits down to his interview and goes, I'll tell you what, Bill, I was here all last year. I think we can win with Bailey Zappi. And here's the playbook I've designed for him. Like, could you imagine if Andy's boy came in and does something like that? <laughs>
3: um i didn't know you're your boy andy i like him okay um i don't know that bailey Zappi is anyone's con- gonna convince themselves that bailey zappy is the long-term answer but yeah i i th- there definitely are people in the building that still believe because they saw what they saw his rookie year and even though now there's sort of a there's a narrative out there, whether it's via the sports radio talk show hosts, whether it's TV or whatever, that ah, he, he kind of sucked in the second half of the year. And I would challenge that. I don't think that's that's accurate. Yeah, he beat up on a couple bad teams late in the year. But um, when you collapsed, he wasn't your major problem. In fact, like I know, I, I heard someone bring up the, the Colts game. Yeah, was he good in the first half? No, but what he did in the second half was he got you back in the game? So we're all saying like, where's his signature win? Well, he put them, he gave them moments where he should have had a signature win, and then someone else didn't hold up their end of the bargain. So, and in that case, the Colts game, you know, run defense, gaping hole, Jonathan Dante Taylor, yeah, Hightower. Yeah, Hightower. So, um, I th- and I, yeah, I forget whether it was Wise or Judon, but somebody else was in, that, in the mix. McCordy,
0: yeah, two players, one who did retire after that season, and one probably should have.
3: Wow. Uh, I just but that's a side note i just i go back to that there there are at least who i've talked to there are more mac guys than not but there is a there is also a little hive of anti-mac people in that building
0: um wow. so let's get into is billy o'brien still the top candidate and most likely candidate and second part of my two part John Dennis question of the <laughs> other names that have been circulating, who intrigues you the most?
3: So look, I, I mean, I reported and it's everybody's sort of taken off with their own versions of it is that, humble brag. Well, I mean, you know, sometimes their <laughs> credit doesn't get given where it were. But uh, the man but, flex
2: every now and again, Come but, on but,
3: if, but if we're being real, no, so there, there are people inside the building that that's bills, the guy, that's what they want. But Bill's out recruiting right now. So I, I don't – and as far as I know, there's been no communication with Bill on setting up an interview. So do with that what you will. That just seems a little odd to me that you've already started your interview process and Bill's out in the road someplace in Mississippi or wherever, you know, trying to recruit another five-star quarterback when <laughs> – everybody thinks or a lot of people think that he's like fait accompli that he's going to be here and i keep saying i pump the brakes on that yet i think he's what they want but we for whatever reason we haven't gotten there yet um the two other names i think that kind of intrigued me are kaylee for obvious reasons we were here last year doing this and i said i thought he should have been the guy there are people inside the building that thought he should have been the guy and then he gets passed over now whether that's because josh wanted to take him with him and Somebody viewed that as as uh, disloyalty. I don't know. You'd have to ask those people. Um, and then now if you look at the scenario that he was in, his influence was reduced. And then his, you know, people will point out the tight end position wasn't what it should be with what they're paying. Well, I would now say we have two years of evidence that show us that Jonu Smith is not that guy. He's just not. So let's throw away the fact that they gave him, not Nick Kelly, but Bill gave him money and he's not the player that anybody hoped he would be. And Hunter's still a good player. And Hunter had to block way more than he should have this year because their offensive line was terrible. So if you want to point to production there, point to that and point to again, how the offense was being run, you know, with no real easy answers, Hunter Henry should be an easy answer for a quarterback. And for some reason, they didn't decide to press that button this year uh, or they were incapable of pressing that button this year. So I I like him. Other people like him. Um, You know, I I would imagine that if he's not the OC, he won't be around his contracts about to expire. Right. Um, So I I would find it hard to believe that he would stick around if he gets passed over again. Um, And then I I kind of am intrigued by the Keenan McCardell, uh, Doug Marone combo. And I think Marone is actually the more important piece there. Uh, incredibly well-respected as an offensive line coach um, for a long, long time and has gone places and done things with offensive lines um, that's improved those units wherever he's been. You're – you know, I, I tweeted out yesterday, you know, when they were – when I mentioned the McArdle-Marone uh, connection that the people I talked to inside the building – the, you, you may hear a lot about Mac, but they're like, we didn't block. Like, we just, we didn't block. That that line so underperformed. And, you know, there's a million and one reasons for it. Uh, but coaching is part of that for sure. And Doug Marone, someone I think that they believe internally could whip that group back into shape. Uh, it still needs some pieces, don't get me wrong, but uh, he's a good coach. And, you know, McArdle, obviously long history, dating with Bill and, and also with, Doug Marone. So there's, there could be some collaboration there as well. So, uh, yeah, it's a little bit risky to turn it over again to a first time play caller, but we're not talking about someone who hasn't been involved on the offensive side of the ball for the last however many years.
2: Yeah. To me, it, the idea of Keenan McCardell and Doug Marone is very, very intriguing because, and I do not believe Keenan McCardell is going to be coming in just to check off the Rooney rule box. And I hate to actually even have to qualify it as much, but it is 2023 and that's how the NFL, um, you may be able to bring in somebody who's got a taste of the McVeigh tree because he's connected to O'Connell and has worked uh, all around the league. So there could be a progressive element that they might be adding to the Patriots offense. And with Doug Marone, Uh, This this has gone wildly under-discussed. I think a lot of us speculated on it, but it seems word is now trickling out, Mike, that basically Patricia, a quarter, halfway through the season, kind of was like, hey, Billy, you take the line. I got my hands full over here. I got receivers and tight ends running into each other. We can't score in the red zone. So now you've got Billy Yates, who's been an offensive line assistant, now having to take over a line that has a bunch of attitude problems, got injuries, it's underperforming wildly, and a guy who's just coming up with, who's improvising an offensive scheme on the fly. Like, no wonder it was a mess. Bring in a Doug Marone. Just give me gritty old football who can just handle the big guys in the trench.
3: I like how you keep disappearing, Fitzy.
2: What's going on? <laughs> I don't know. You hate StreamYard. No, I'm just going to go with the, for some reason, my high def camera kicks in and out sometimes. Now I'm just going to go with the FaceTime camera. You've got all your own issues with StreamYard, heart. You understand. This platform's a pain in the ass.
0: It is. We don't have like a sponsorship deal with them, right, or anything.
2: No, we can rip them. Yeah, StreamYard sucks. (laughs) (laughs) All right, all right. Jeez, what a mood this guy's in. Anyway, the floor is yours, Senor Giardy.
3: Yeah. um, Curious. And just remember, like, as we spent the first few weeks with the binoculars trained on the sideline, you're actually almost as intrigued by what was going on on the sideline and how guys were being coached when they came off the field as we were with what was happening on the field, which once again is a sign that things were screwed up and we shouldn't be at that point. But the Billy Yates up in the box and then coming down for the second half in the opener against Miami. And then eventually I forget whether it was the next week or the week after, that became the full time thing. Yeah, it was too much for Matt to handle. And again, that's not that's not an insult of Matt's intelligence. He got they gave him too much. This is when Bill says blame me, yeah, I I I blame you you decided that this was the structure that was going to work and you were confident in these guys' coaching abilities. And I do believe those guys actually can coach, maybe just not what they were asked to coach, right? Um, So they had to do a lot of things that moved and changed. And I think we got some acknowledgments late in the year that they realized it wasn't working, but you had to play out the string at that point and figure out a way to try to do your best to kind of get through it. And they had a couple decent offensive performances late in the year that, like I said, you know, with Max performance and some of the offensive performances gave me a little bit of pause when we went into the offseason. Like, I don't know, can they convince themselves that that we finally started to get it together late in the year? And that when you think about what we were asking them to do, that that's probably what it was going to take. And now in year two, we should be so much better off. Um, But mercifully, that's, you know, that's not the case. And they're going to try to do this. Uh, the way they should have done it last year and get somebody one or two bodies in here that, you know, you can trust to devise a plan and execute the plan and not see the same stupid mistakes week in week out. Um, I'm curious too, guys, like everybody loves Troy Brown. The receivers were a mess. And um, I'm, I'm curious how they look at that position uh, and say to themselves, like, we just need a better coach there. Or is it the players? Is it the coaching? Is it a combination of both? I'm going to say it's a combination of both because I think I, there's a couple of players there that we, we overvalued coming into the year who made the same stupid mistakes in week 18 that they were making in week one. And that's, you know, like, yeah, you can point the finger at the coach, but also, like, you know better than that. You've been in the league for a long time. You shouldn't be running in the same places. You shouldn't be doing the same things every single week that cost the team And there was a lot of that from that group.
0: So you kind of brought this up with the question about Troy, but the, there's a big difference between Billy O'Brien and Nick Cayley coming in. One's going to be, you know, a guy who's probably, as people like to say now, the CEO of the offense, Billy O'Brien's done it a lot of places, whatever is. Is the offensive coordinator going to and will it depend on who the person is, how much autonomy they have, whether it's scheme or building their own staff, keeping assistants, bringing in assistants or is this job that's up for grabs? Are you running the New England Patriots offense and Bill Belichick's going to go back to being the head coach and defensive minded and special, whatever. I mean, how how wide open is is the opportunity for these guys?
3: I think what you're seeing already from some of the names that have already been brought in. And then obviously Billy is that Bill's not ready to take the, the the Patriot offense of 20 years and throw it out the window. I think he still wants elements of that offense in there. And then again, I think we're going to be looking at another um, spring and summer where whoever it is, there's going to be more of that McVay Shanahan type influence would again, behoove them to get some personnel that can do that as well up front. But, I think that's what you're still looking at. I think he wants to make that 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 transition, at least partially. And I think whoever is brought in here is going to have to be able to marry the two, uh, which is what they tried to do last year. But again, they did it with guys that were probably a little bit over their skis.
2: So maybe this year we'll actually see more coaches, fewer jobs on, on the respective plates of Belichick, whoever the coordinator is, you know, that was one of our lines last year. Like the whole mantra in the stadium is do your job, except everyone has somewhere between three and five different jobs, which, which is too much as a brain drain. And you've got too many guys trying to do too many things. Uh, Tell me if you had the same takeaway from wildcard weekend that I think uh, a lot of us walked away with Mike, which was that while yes, it's, uh, to your benefit to have a generational talent and an athletic stud like a Mahomes and Allen, etc., cetera, under center. We saw a lot of scheme over talent or coaching culture can get you just as far. And I think none further than with the, the talent and the, the Kyle Shanahan work in the second half when they dominated Seattle. And then that awesome effort, by Brian Dayball, Mike Kafka, Daniel Jones, and the Giants on Sunday. Should that give Patriots fans heart going forward?
3: Coaching matters. like it, it really does. And that's why when people, even during Mac's rookie year, are like, oh, he's not this athletic freak. He can't do some of the things the other guys do. And I'm still convinced that in big moments, in big games, your quarterback has to win from the pocket. And I think he can win from the pocket. I think he showed us signs of that as a, as a rookie that he can do that. But you have to have pieces around him. So he's not going to be the guy that you know is running to his left and flicks it 50 yards to the far sideline. That's not him. That's fine. He doesn't have to be him. You don't have to absolutely win that way. Aaron Rodgers does that. Aaron Rodgers wins all these MVPs. What does Aaron Rodgers win in the postseason? Nothing. You know what he does in the postseason? He chokes, over and over and over again. These guys, got one ring, and he sh- he should have three, four, five. Um, that's just sort of like you fall in love with the the guy and the ability to make plays, but can he make plays when it matters? Um, does he seize up in those moments? And I would say he does. So I, I think, do we know whether Mac does or not? We don't because this year was just complete garbage in, in terms of the way I evaluate him. Uh, and I think the way some other people are looking at it, people that are more important than me, like we just put him in a bad spot and we got to figure that out. Um, so yeah, th- would it help to have the Josh Allen, six foot five, two hundred forty-five pound, hurdling, lowering the shoulder, but then throwing the ball sixty-five yards in the air? Of course. But Zach Wilson can throw the ball sixty-five yards in the air from one side of the field to the other. Is he good? No. 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 So I just think if you if you're if you're well coached and you have a good scheme. You can win, and you can. I don't even. I do like deficiencies because I think Mac is what he is. He's a pocket passer with a little bit better athleticism than some, than some people think. So can you highlight those things? Because that's what Josh did, and you won ten games and went to the playoffs, and he was your probably your best player in the postseason game when you got smoked. Um, so I don't know. I think that's incumbent, and I think people should realize that that for all the you know the gnashing of teeth. About Mac and bad, we got to move on and blah. You got it? No, I don't think it's time yet.
0: I want to give uh, Gerard Mayo the respect he deserves because he was the other sentence in the the press release that stunned us all last week. Gerard, first of all, is Gerard Mayo definitively back? I know he turned down some other opportunities, but it was a weird statement that they were negotiating an extension. Yet the headline on Patriots.com it said they're going to extend him. Like they kind of there was a mixed message there. Is Gerard Mayo back? Is he the assistant head coach that we all seem to assume he could end up being? And does that change anything defensively? Does he now have, you know, veto power over Steve? Or is it still an equal shareholder with Steve in the way this defense will evolve?
3: Well, I would imagine that if that deal was done, we would know about it by now. So I'm a little surprised that there hasn't been the... Because there's been a fair amount of leaks from, from that side of the equation. And I would think for sure that when it's done, you're gonna know it's done and you're gonna know what the title change is, uh, if in fact, there is one, which I think there most certainly will be. Um, I don't I still don't see him stepping over Stephen. Um, i I think for starters, I think they like the way that that worked. Uh, so I do foresee that being the, the the additional title being the associate or assistant head coach. Um, and I'm sure that there are conversations. I mean, it's got to be clear, guys. If he, if he either made a huge mistake by turning down the Carolina uh, interview, and I would tend to lean that way regardless of whether you want to stay or not, because you'd be foolish not to take that interview and put yourself in front of the the people that you're going to talk to, who you may run into at various stages of, hey, this assistant GM may end up getting the job and you know, wherever in Chicago. And that's really where I want to go. And well, we had a great bond. And the next thing you know, you're the head coach of Chicago a year from now. So I think it was kind of odd that he did that. Now, maybe the Patriots said, don't, If we're going to do this. We need you, you fully committed. And that means you're turning down all interviews. Um, But I, 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 much like with Josh, when Josh came back and we got the whole, "It's bill's going to open his, whatever, whatever, I forget the phrase His world. Yes. Yes. His world. Um, I got to believe that Mayo is being positioned to be the next guy. That doesn't mean he's going to be the next guy, but I got to believe that that's what this conversation is also about. Because if you know Gerard, Gerard doesn't want to leave here. This is home. He's got a young family. Um, I think Gerard believes he could be a head coach today. Um, So to convince him that he's staying, to me, there has to be another piece to that further down the line, like, Hey, you know, if it goes well, you're, you're the odds on favor to be the next dude.
2: That was my takeaway too. the second I read the press release, Mike, my immediate quote tweet was, I believe a succession plan is now I uh, unofficially in place. Like don't go anywhere. We're going to pay you bill. may be here two more years till he gets Shula could be three, four, whatever, what that says about Steven and the Belichick connection going forward. I, I can't guarantee, but I believe he is the future as well. Uh, I think that's definitely the head the head coach in waiting. They all uh, crafts love him. Belichick loves him. Took him early in two thousand eight. It would make a ton of sense to me. Uh, How many
3: times? How many times last year did you see Mayo and Kraft at Celtics games together? Oh yeah, great point. It just just, you know like there's a relate there's a relationship there that goes far beyond what you would think between the owner and some assistant coach.
0: But isn't that isn't that Gerard's um, business world back? Like, he learned for a few years how networking and business and handshaking and FaceTime worked. And so I don't think that's a coincidence that he is making sure that Robert is in his corner or Robert is at the very least uh, in step with him. So that – because Gerard's a smart guy. Like, yes. no one can ever leave a conversation. You know, we talked a lot about Cam Newton's aura and owning mm-hmm. room and – a different style, flashier style. Gerard Mayo is the same damn thing. When he walks into a room, he owns the room. Yep. Right? When he leaves the room, people go, wow, that, that guy's impressive. Like, that's just... He's not imposing.
2: He's magnetic, Andy. He's a very hes a very charming charming and intelligent man.
0: Oh, absolutely. But that's a talent. Owning a room. You know, like, I think it gets, like, sometimes portrayed as a negative. Almost like a con man or a, or a networker. Or yeah. he's not the kind of guy who's looking past you for the more important conversation and, the, but he knows the more important conversations there and he's going to find his way to get to it without offending the less important conversation. Like, I think he's very impressive in that way. Just um, as we sort of wrap up the coaching staff, what do you think the timetable is here? Well, we know so, cause there are these weird things on the horizon where s- Patriots are coaching the shrine bowl. Yeah. So Matt Patricia's coaching the offense for the Shrine Bowl, I guess. I I, I don't those really know.
2: lucky future fifth rounders. <laughs>
0: um, but will we have an idea? Because in the old days, I'd say we'd have to wait till the combine when we're looking at credentials to see who's working for. Ooh, that guy has a Patriots credential on. He yeah. worked. But is this a new day? Will we get a press release? Bill Belichick's 2023 staff is as follows, or something, on January 29th.
3: That's a good point with the press release, right? Because normally we're in, we're in, uh, we're in August and we're still like, wait, who's he? What? Yeah. Yeah. I mean, I've seen it with the wide receivers. Is he the right. wide receiver coach or is he? And this
0: is the new world.
3: Yeah. Um, yeah. That'll be, uh, that'll be, well, again, that'll probably be another indication of uh, how much owner influence just in terms of the, the, the way we're going to do PR here in this next period of time um, exists I think it makes more sense, obviously, to have it done before you get into any of these points. But to me, I guess the biggest thing would be have someone in place by the combine. Like to me, that's sort of the drop. Like okay, like we hey we like this guy, we like that guy. We can show you. You can look at the tape. You can watch the interview. Whatever you can. You know, you can do all those different things that we maybe did at the Shrine or at the Senior Bowl. But by the time you get to the combine, like let's know who our guy is and how we're going to do it.
0: Just one quick follow-up on where you started. No, because you, you, when you said deadlines and combine, um, there was this theory on the internet, and that's a dangerous statement to <laughs> that's make.
2: A, no good podcast segments have ever begun with there was this theory on the internet.
0: And this has nothing to do with vaccinations or anything of and that If nature. I hear
2: the words inside job, I'm cutting your feed.
0: <laughs> this, the, no, the theory was that Bill O'Brien was asked by Nick Saban to wait till the transfer portal closed before he dabbled with the Patriots. Any,
3: any possibility that's real?
2: It closed yesterday, by the way. No, I know. So could
0: yeah. that be the? Op- could that open the door?
3: Right. I mean, well, then if that opens the door, right, we should have within the next twenty-four to forty-eight hours. You would think then, then, bam, there's your, there's your next leak. There's your right. next. Mm-hmm. Uh, you know, next, Ian Rappaport uh, says that the Patriots are interviewing Bill O'Brien on Friday.
0: Oh, man, but I want real information, not fake news.
2: Oh, for God's that that's his colleague for good. Say it on the episode, Giardi's not on you, knucklehead. Oh, sorry. <laughs> Maybe for all right, would it make you happier if, he, if,
3: wasn't, if it, he wasn't sorry at all? He was
2: that's the fakest sorry I've ever heard in my life. I mean, maybe we'll hear about that in the next couple hours as we record this on a Thursday. Gerard Mayo, excuse me, rather, Keenan McCardell is apparently having an interview today for offensive coordinator. We'll see if Billy O's gets officially announced or which other ones come in line. The one thing I'd like to point out about Billy O'Brien as we wrap this portion before we get into the divisional round talk is if I'm Billy O'Brien, and even though I've kind of made it clear I probably have head coaching ambitions again and I want to move back to New England. Tampa Bay needs a coordinator badly. And the Chargers, though they're cheap AF, they really need a coordinator. And if you're Billy O'Brien, I'm not taking $150,000 a year to come back up here and have to rebuild Mac, undo everything Patricia did and rebuild the Patriots offense when I can just go out there and work with uh, Herbert and Keenan Allen and Mike Williams, even if I have to put up with a knucklehead like Brandon Staley, like I think Billy O is in a position of power, Mike, which could make those negotiations a little more tense or a little tighter than Belichick would like them.
3: Fitzy, I think money does matter here. Yeah. Um, And we know that there's been sort of – a cap on the on the coaching yeah. staff? Do we want to call it that? I mean... You know, are they
0: like, 27th in cash spending on
2: coaches, too?
3: <laughs> in the last three years? Not um, if you see
2: Bill's paycheck.
3: Yeah, right. He's doing just, he's doing <laughs> just fine. But, like, I, so I was... You mentioned O'Brien. Todd Monk, in the the Georgia uh, OC, who's now you know starting to some rumblings, and there are even some rumblings about here. He makes $2 million a year. He ain't coming to New England for a million or a million and a half Right? I'm, why would I take a pay cut to come up there and work more hours uh, and have less talent at my disposal than a Super than Bowl. I have a Georgia no, and to
2: have to and have to listen to Tommy from Quincy and uh, you know Teddy from Worcester and everyone crawling like down there. He's a god.
3: Yep. No, but you uh, want right? the
2: Patriots
0: stank on your resume. You want to win a Super Bowl. Bu- Oh, is this not 2007? Is this
3: thing, is this thing <laughs>
2: oh, my God. I'm going to start calling you the comment section because you are such a freaking troll heart. It's unreal. <laughs>
1: troll.
2: Oh, God bless you, though. You are who you are, and we <clears throat> love you for it.
1: Uh-huh. Selling a little or a lot? Shopify helps you do your thing, however you cha-ching. Shopify is the global commerce platform that helps you sell at every stage of your business
4: And check out amazing national sales event deals on Camrys, Corollas, and more when you visit buyatoyota.com. Offers end April 1st. Toyota, let's go places.
2: All right. We are with the great Mike Giardi from the NFL Network. Time to whip around divisional weekend, my favorite weekend. I think most football fans' favorite weekend of football. Looks like we have four great games, three rematches from the season, and one fresh one to wrap up the weekend. And that could likely be the game of the weekend. Mike, let's kick it off with... Jacksonville and Kansas city a rematch from November 13th chiefs are, I think they opened at nine and a half. They're about eight and a half. Now that was a 10 point win. Neither team terribly impressive back then. Kansas city turned it on the end of the season. Jacksonville couldn't have played a worse first half Wild Card weekend, but then the second half, you know, the chargers charged it and choked it away and Jacksonville turned it on and much respect to Doug Peterson's stones for the game that he called to get them back in. And get that win. Uh, you think the Jags can keep this close?
3: I'd be a little worried if I was Kansas City just in terms of the, you know, I don't like the long break. I know it helps from a health perspective, but I think they were in a really nice flow at the end of the year. Um, with the exception of the Texans game. So, yeah, maybe it takes them a little while to kind of heat up a little bit. And maybe, who knows, maybe the Jags, because they're coming off such a big win and 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 a confidence building performance that maybe the Jags get on them early and then we have a football game but by and large i mean look Jacksonville to me is ahead of schedule um and they got their they got their playoff win it's a great thing to go into the offseason with uh and now you can sell even more to free agents or maybe you're, you're a bigger destination than you you've been in a long time i just think Kansas City there's just too much talent on that team on both sides of the ball and at the end of the day that that's going to win out.
2: And if I can borrow from Andy Hart on the radio this week, uh, he and Bradvo played this game on Monday. I thought it was a lot of fun. Trevor Lawrence went to Waffle House after the big playoff win. Andy, where does Mike Giardi go after a big playoff win?
0: Oh, into his basement and eats like a cucumber. <laughs>
3: <laughs> that's weird.
0: You don't eat fun stuff. You're not a fun eater guy. I need a
2: side (laughs) podcast to unpack how weird that comment was. It
0: really (laughs) was odd. Just (laughs) want to point out, by the way, I meant it as a literal cucumber. There was no, like, double on time. Sure. (laughs) Um, Well, no, the game I threw out, I said as New England people, you'd like your quarterback probably to go to the 99, get some boneless buffalo wings and one of those big mugs of beer. Like, that's your guy. Yeah, that, that works for me. Oh, nice. Okay, so you're on on yeah, beer. You know I like
3: a good beer. Yeah, I know. I
0: wasn't sure if you liked the good Buffalo. One. I had,
3: uh, by the way, Fitzy. Cheers yes. to you. Last last night, I had um, uh, what was it? It was a it was a stout. You got me.
2: Was it the? I uh, got uh, you. It was yes. the
3: smaller one. Oh, the
2: smaller one from New England Brewing. Yeah, yeah that's a, yeah, that's a that's nice one.
3: Stout bourbon
2: barrel aged one. That's good stuff. Yeah, good stuff. Just, yeah. Good had, stuff. It, it uh, real, lead. Real quick, as a.
0: Su- As a uh, sideline reporter um, or a reporter that works the sidelines at these stadiums, um, what did you think of young Trevor Lawrence, who threw three interceptions in his first playoff game last week in the first quarter, saying as he heads toward Kansas City, oh, I can't imagine it's louder than Jacksonville. What's that now? Yeah,
3: that's a mistake. <laughs> Dumbass. Yeah. Yeah, Kansas mistake. City
0: is the most formidable home field advantage, in my opinion, having seen them all. The black hole was scary, but the black hole is dead. Black hole, I thought you could actually get assaulted, so it was a little yes, different Yes, that world. was a dangerous um, problem. Yeah. In terms of sports like above-board fandom, I think Kansas City is is the greatest home field advantage in football. Seattle's close, but I think it's Kansas City, and he just kind of gave them reason to go above and beyond even what they normally do.
3: You're insulting the Buffalo Mafia, the Bills mm-hmm. Mafia. That I like. Place it. Is- Don't
0: love them. They do their Wait. best work in the parking lot, not in the stadium.
3: Yeah, I disagree. I disagree. A lot of pre-snap penalties last week for the Dolphins. Correct. Uh, That's we- why it was a
0: four-hour game, Mike. Yes.
3: Yeah. Oh God, was it ever the longest game in history? Oh, you had and to I- work longer. I did. I did. I did. <laughs> um, yeah. No, I agree that that place is nuts. And we'll see. I, I guarantee you, first series, there's a pre-snap penalty. Yes. Yeah. go lock it, lock it down. They're going to be, mm-hmm. they're going to be reminded of that by the, the Kansas city media and the players. And they'll be really, really loud.
2: Uh And also to your point, I'd like to just add for the listening audience, uh Jacksonville's going nowhere anytime soon, because like you said, they're ahead of schedule. Now Trevor Lawrence is on track. He's only going to likely get better under Peterson. Oh, and by the way, uh, they added Calvin Ridley for next to nothing for next year. So now you're going to get a Calvin Ridley looking for a big second contract to add to that offense Yes, next year. You're going to want to put Trevor Lawrence uh, on your fantasy team. Andy, let's go to Saturday night. I was just going to say bet the
0: over on the Jags next year. Uh, yeah.
2: They, uh, they they won me some nice money over seven and a half this year. So i am yeah, uh, let too. that ride. Yeah. <laughs> uh, oh, hey. Oh, boy. just uh, You're an equal opportunity offender today. So I appreciate that about you.
3: Look uh, at everybody. Sprinkler offense.
2: Saturday night, we are going to get probably the closest thing to an AFC North battle in the NFC East. Three of those teams remain. Uh, Giants played. Not only did they play the game of their lives last week with that disparity of talent between the two sides daniel jones game for the ages so well coached and they played the eagles tough with their backups week 18 in a game the eagles needed to have for the bye. i'm giving the giants a puncher's chance saturday night how about you mike
3: uh my good morning football colleague peter schrager compared this giants team to the 07 giants and i'll tell you what it's a pretty good comp because when you look at I know Patriot fans hate going down this road, but when you looked at that team, what did that team do um, in the finale? But then, especially in the Super Bowl, they controlled you up front. Their defensive line was awesome. And it's Strahan and Yuman and Tuck. They were awesome. Dexter Lawrence is pretty awesome. Mm-hmm. Uh, Leonard Williams is pretty, pretty good. Like their, Kayvon Thibodeau is coming big time like he's been the last six or seven weeks he's been one of the better young players in the game uh, you know can they can they have can they summon that again I think that group is the probably as I look at it the the offensive line for Philly that defensive line that's a great matchup because I think those are the two best position groups in that game who gets the upper hand I think if the Giants can manage to get the upper hand in that we got ourselves a football game
0: We think around here, because we look at things myopically, that the worst decision in football in terms of hiring a coach over the last recent memory was Bill Belichick and Matt Patricia. I would argue the Los Angeles Chargers not hiring Brian Dayball two years ago was the dumbest decision in football. Dumbest decision. Because if you had him coaching the Chargers and Justin Herbert, A, they may have already won a Super Bowl, but they would be in the Super Bowl conversation right now. Because he is and I know I'm biased I love him I think he's yes dude good coach good experience good like everything is good about him um but that was a dumb decision what he has done with that Giants team and I know it's turned into this you know make fun of Joe Judge thing which I guess is worthy because he kind of took the same team um and kind of is having success with them um he's quarterback kryptonite Andy (laughs) <laughs> yeah yeah that's, really that's fair.
2: it's
3: fair
0: it is what it is but it's not his fault because he shouldn't be anywhere near quarterbacks no have you seen the new ad for fan duel the quick aside here um rob gronkowski's kicking a ball at super bowl or something for like 10 Live. million dollars i don't yeah. know but the the commercial pumping that is a the best commercial i've seen in a long time hit and at adam Vinatieri doing a training montage oh. based off of the rocky theme I and seen it. at one point Gronk says, if you can catch a ball, you can kick a ball. Obviously, stealing from the old if you can dodge a wrench, you can dodge a ball and dodge ball. And Adam Minateri goes, That's not a thing. <laughs> and that's where I go with Joe Judge. Oh, you can you can coach kickers. Oh, so you should be able to coach throwers. I don't, I don't think that's how this works. That's not <laughs> no, a thing. Not except they made it a, a thing, thing for him. So it's not his fault. But my concern here is I think the Giants, I think the Giants and the Jags are nice little stories. Usually, nice little stories die on this weekend in the National Football
3: League. Yeah, I mean that's the thing to me. So the Giants, and I've been saying it even when they got off to the great start, and I continue to say it. They're not very talented. Right? They're not.
0: Except they the know. defensive front, as you pointed out, yes. that's first round picks yeah. like they, that, and they're they're yeah. awesome.
3: And right, and they got they got a couple first rounders on the offensive line who have really you know Neil on one side and Thomas on the other, who are good. But
0: Then Barkley and Jones. I mean, if those two guys, like Daniel Jones, rushed the ball what seventeen times last week. Yeah, If you can get into a game where you say we're going to play a trench game and Daniel Jones is going to carry it another 12 times and Barkley's going to carry it 20 times, maybe you got a puncher's chance there. I just... Because the other aspect of this is, you know, my, like, universal uh, theories of the playoffs. I'm not all in on the Eagles. Like, I feel like they're a year too soon. Like, they've exploded this year. A.J. Brown, Jalen Hurts, MVP. I feel like those teams often falter about this time and then it's the next year where they learn who they really are and what they need to be. But I just think the Eagles are the more talented team.
3: Yeah, I think they are. I think like for you started to bring up some of the the, the first round picks and the talent of the Giants, but like no wide receivers. Um their secondary is meh, their mm-hmm. linebackers are meh. Like mm-hmm. their offensive line on the interior is they had to pay a couple guys who are, who are just like journeyman type players to be in there. So I, I still think that they're probably at least one draft free agency cycle away from being someone that can be formidable, you know, year in and year out. Whereas Philly already has the pieces in place to, to, to do business as business needs to be done right now. So, yeah, I think that that has the potential to be a close game uh it will be a close game i think because i just think brian will somehow they'll find a way to stay in it but i think philly is the better team
2: yeah as long as they give us at least three entertaining quarters nobody complains and then we go to sunday of course everyone will be tuned in from 10 a to 230 p to wei football sunday with fitzy and Hart, the six ring bros uh and we'll Obviously, which, was, Mike, uh, what,
0: what are you doing between I, uh, approximately 10 <laughs> said, and
2: we've taken an hour
3: of the man's life today? You're going to ask him to come back on again. Literally, you're going to have to start giving him some of your pay, guy. I'll be, hey, I will be I will be on the sidelines in Buffalo doing a like a 19 hour pregame show.
0: That would be the greatest hit for our show ever. Thank you.
2: Yeah. Or, or you could just like you could turn your iPhone on, just get some ambient auto and send yeah. it in. We'll like, play it. We'll get a break out of that at least. We'll uh, catch up all over your face. All right, so we – exactly. It's BYO handle of Fireball Sunday, Mike. All right, so it is now Sunday. It's 1 o'clock. We're at Highmark Stadium. Yet another emotional affair. We're getting the rematch between Cincinnati and Buffalo, except now because of the way the records turned out with the canceled game, Cincinnati has to visit the Bills Mafia on their home turf. It's going to be cold. It might snow. Uh, Cincinnati was in a dogfight last weekend. They were a Sam Hubbard turnaround away from losing themselves. But I don't like the way Buffalo's defense is playing. And I think since he's got I this is the one I think might be an upset. How say you?
3: So I was leaning upset, but now I just I'm having a hard time getting over what Cincinnati's got going on in the offensive line. Left tackle yeah. Jonah Williams dislocates the knee. Doesn't look like he's gonna play this week. Alex Kappa, who was one of their really nice free agent signings, doesn't look like he's playing this week. You already lost Lel Collins against the Patriots, yeah. right? So three-fifths of your starting offensive line is out. Uh Jackson Carmen was the second-round pick for them, was playing left tackle when, when Williams went out. Jackson um uh, was so bad that they had to go spend money on Kappa, and then they inserted another rookie, uh, Volson, at left guard because they just were like, we just might have missed on this pick. Um, but now he's your left tackle, and he's your left tackle in a divisional round playoff game in Buffalo. So that is concerning for me if I'm Joe mm-hmm. Burrow. Like, this could be a um, – this could be sort of a throwback to maybe the uh, the Titans game last year in the postseason where Burrow got sacked nine times, uh, but kept getting up and somehow managed to pull that one off. Uh, I, I just, I, I worry about how they're going to protect him in this game. Um, and if maybe two part of that eliminates their ability to push the ball down the field, which we know they're really good at. Um, and those guys, certainly Higgins and, and Chase and, and Boyd all can catch it underneath and, and, and turn yards after catch. But, they do have the ability to go down the field if they can protect. And I'm, I'm curious if they'll be able to do that. I know there's no Von Miller on the other side, but the the bills did a really nice job getting after Skylar Thompson. I think everybody had pressures. I think Milano had six pass rushes in the game, two sacks, three pressures. Like they just, they were able to get there. And that was against a fairly well together offensive line, at least kind of what they started the year with. Uh, and now you're facing a team that's going to up So yeah, I was totally thinking that before the game that Cincinnati played against Baltimore, and then when I saw Williams went down, and I realized the cap is probably not playing again this week, and I was like, man, that's a lot. That's a lot to overcome. I mean, if anybody could do it, it's Spurrow, right? But I feel like maybe the football gods are smiling on on Buffalo this this Sunday.
0: Even though this is a podcast and could be listened to at any point in the next few days, I'm going to pretend this is live and breaking news sounder. Do 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 do. A couple notes we talked about the Patriots' offensive coordinator situation earlier. A couple notes in the offensive coordinator world. Byron Leftwich has officially been fired by the Tampa Bay Buccaneers, which means Billy O'Brien could have an opportunity to go there where he's dabbled in the past. And more closely to home here, Mm. according to Josina Anderson, Cardinals uh, associate head coach uh, Sean Jefferson, Mm. former NFL wide receiver, will be interviewing for your New England Patriots offensive coordinator job on Friday, so that's a second ex Belichick. I think he's an ex Belichick wide receiver. They did Sean
2: Jefferson with... make it too I mean, he was defensive coordinator when he played with Bledsoe under Parcells, but did he make it to? Did he cross the 2000 threshold? I don't think so. I
0: don't believe so. Oh,
2: damn it, close enough. Anyway, ex
0: wide <laughs> receivers are all the rage in uh, Gillette Stadium offensive coordinator interviews. So, I like uh, it. Another notable name to add to the mix. Uh, back to the Buffalo Cincinnati game. Uh, I am excited about this game simply because it's my two favorite quarterbacks in the National Football League to watch play. And I have a – and there's some other issues, but if if you can get into a shootout with them, that will be my game of the postseason. I would love to just watch those guys go back and forth all afternoon. Playmakers, digs, chase, like just fun football. And the way the Bills' defense is playing, I do think there's an opportunity for that to happen because they have not been very good. And then the way the Bills' offense has been playing, which suddenly they've decided – drop back and chuck the ball down the field often uh, is their best route, which I don't necessarily agree with them that that's their best route, but uh, could be fun for fans to watch.
3: Not a lot of apologies from the Bills about how they played the game on Sunday. You know, some acknowledgement that maybe on a couple of those drives, they should have been looking for some more underneath stuff. But by and large, in, in talking to the guys uh, yesterday, it was more about like, that's how we play. We're trying to score points. Uh we're always trying to score points so we're not going to be we're not going to play scared remember when the falcons said that's how we
0: play
2: yeah 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 (laughs) remember when the chargers showed us that's how they play
3: (laughs) yeah exactly so how'd that work out i i don't think the uh the gunslinger mentality is going to uh to leave them this weekend i i I will say they should probably look at the tape of the early season when josh was super efficient on the on the the low end stuff you know the little in the flat and over the middle like you can make your living doing that, and then you get people to creep up, and then you can show us that unbelievable arm and throw the ball 65 yards down the field and hit somebody on the run.
2: Yeah, and you're not going to have Skylar Thompson going 18 for 45 with Joe Burrow, even with a patchwork offensive line and you know head-scratching interceptions like the one they threw from the end zone in the second half that kind of got Buffalo back into the game when Miami briefly took a lead. Mike, you've been incredibly generous with your time, so we'll just have a quick peek at uh, the final game of the weekend. The Purdy one in the Niners post uh, the DAC attack, coming in with a lot of confidence. That's the best game Dakota Prescott maybe has played in the NFL period. The Niners defense got showed up in the first half last week, and they've got a lot of rest on their side. Yet, I still think this could be the game of the weekend. So, uh, how say you?
3: So, look, you definitely have to love the way Dallas played, and certainly I think we've all felt like they're capable of that. But – I just have seen this act from them too many times where you think they've turned the corner and then they go lay a big egg. I think they're going to, I think San Francisco is going to stomp them. I really do
2: now. But San Francisco hasn't played great talent. And then Tampa wasn't exactly a great team last Monday night. (laughs) They were awful. That
3: quarterback might be washed. (laughs) Oh, oh.
0: Wow. <laughs> our number two here on the Six Rings pod we delve into giardi ripping Mike Brady uh Tom Brady. Not Mike, Mike, Brady. Brady.
2: <laughs> Mike Brady. Awesome. All right. So yeah, without without going on the record, uh, I see and I feel in on that one, Mike. Um all right. Any uh anyone have any final thoughts before we wrap this uh Robert Altman presents the Six Rings and Football <laughs> Things podcast? Uh
0: no, I'm just looking forward to a good weekend of football. The cliche. Same here. Like I, like- Same here. These are fun games, and it was really disappointing. Last weekend was a great weekend until we got to a washed-up quarterback on Monday Night Football because I, I was, and it was almost predictable when you have all those good games. You're like, oh, the one we think is really going to be good, right? Isn't um, so? I just hope there's none of those. I, I just, I hope that my thought that the Giants and the the Jags could kind of turn back into pumpkins i i hope that doesn't happen because as fitzy said this can be a really fun weekend of football that's the best and purdy who's not rooting for purdy like he's the zappy you don't like purdy well what what
3: just think about who he who he he stepped in for oh Uh, this should be be jimmy's time
2: don't come at the family andy come on you should know better never come at the family well, maybe if Jimmy could stay healthy for once oh, in his career. Yeah. All right. All right. Listen, before this turns into Bo and Luke Duke fighting on the podcast, I'm going to end this episode of the, the Pods of Hazard. Uh, looks like it sounds like uh, people are thinking maybe we'll get that neutral side AFC championship perhaps. And listen, if it's 49ers at Eagles, we'll be treated to a brawl uh, and by Broad Street, which would be a freaking blast. All right. You can follow him at Mike Giardi. Mike, you'll be in Buffalo this weekend. You're home away from home.
3: Yeah, I'll be, uh, I'll be in Buffalo starting Thursday night.
2: When
0: can people meet you at the uh, Anchor Bar for a meet and greet?
3: <laughs> they can meet me in the parking lot uh, oh. at the stadium, which is where we've been hanging out basically for the last two weeks. Have they um, embraced you? Bills Mafia, have they embraced you? Oh, my God, they're unbelievable. Yeah, unbelievable. So yeah. when do I see you? Either
0: go through a table or
3: get squirted. <laughs> if I went through a table, I would not get up. I think we all realize that at my age, that things would break, and that would be oh, the come end. on. You're not that old. <laughs> I'm pretty old. I'm pretty. Old. Everything hurts at all times. Yeah. So yeah, that wouldn't be good. But they yeah, they're they're unbelievable. Uh, they the first week we were there after the Hamlin's uh, thing happened, every day people brought us coffee and donuts. Uh, somebody brought us brunch. Like just every day. People were coming, like we were legitimately getting too many, like, oh, thank you. We have four boxes of coffee now, but like just incredibly generous wow. and, and kind. Yeah, pretty, pretty cool. Pretty unique group. I'll tell you that
2: for sure. Oh, yeah. I've always said that tailgating is like the last great American neighborhood. And even though Buffalo is one of the rowdiest ones, for sure, they're a hell of a group. And as we've seen, the power of coming together united by football. Sometimes when we dabble in social media, Mike, we see people at their worst. But also what's gone on up there has brought people and especially football fans at their best out. So hopefully let's ride that wave to a great weekend of football. We'll catch up with you soon. Follow him at Mike Giardi. He'll be in Buffalo this weekend on the NFL Network. Andy and I will be with you Sunday from 10A to 230P, leading right up to Weei's coverage of the football games on Divisional Round Weekend. Enjoy the best weekend of football, everybody, and thank you for tuning in to the latest edition of Six Rings and Football Things, a full power hour of Patriots coordinator, head coaching, and Divisional Round Breakdown. Give us a follow at Six Rings Pod and tell your friends to subscribe, Spotify, Apple Pod, and so much more. For Jumbo, for the great Mike Giardy, for producer Justin Turpin, and your old pal Fitzy. Six Rings is out. Good day. God bless. And as always, go, Pats.
1: Hi, Bruins fans. Looking for more coverage of your favorite hockey team? Follow the Skate Pod hosted by Scott McLaughlin, Brian DeFelice, and me, Bridget Pru. Get Bruins coverage from WEI's team of Bruins writers. We're the people who are at the games and talk to the players every week. For analysis of every Bruins game and exclusive interviews with the players, listen to the Skate Pod on the free Odyssey app or wherever you get your podcast.